This is Ed Stetzer Live, and this and every Saturday at this time, we come to you and talk about kind of issues of our day, um, how we might encourage one another, uh, kind of how to live on mission in the moment. And of course, I mean, you wouldn't be without looking at your calendar to know that we're coming up on the season that Americans call Thanksgiving. Now, I will tell you, um, we actually, I'm actually here in the UK. I've been living at Oxford University, teaching at Oxford University for the fall. And so there's, they actually don't celebrate American Thanksgiving over here, which is just so strange. Um, but that gives us the opportunity to, uh, well, come back in, zoom in with our incredible team there at Moody uh, Radio and talk to you about Thanksgiving, even though that's, uh, that's something we can talk about any time of the year. And so what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to have a guest in just a moment, is we're going to talk today about thankfulness and how to how to live a life of gratitude and what that looks like and, and, and more. Again, for those of you who don't know, my name is Ed Stetzer, and I am the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. I, I'm on sabbatical, actually, right now, so I'm living in the UK with Donna, my wife, and I have been teaching at Wycliffe Hall at Oxford University. And so we are uh, super happy to have this and conversation with you. You know, one of the questions people often ask is, you know, what does the Bible uh, say um, about Thanksgiving, not not the holiday. The Bible doesn't say anything about the holiday of Thanksgiving. Uh, but what does the what does the Bible say about thankfulness and more? And so that's what we're going to look at for just a moment, and then we'll help bring our guest in when we get all that set up. Um, but the when when we talk about the thankfulness, you know, for Americans, we we rightfully think about about this wonderful holiday we're about to come up on. I was actually, uh, just day before yesterday, I was in Plymouth. Some of you might recognize Plymouth. Um, and Plymouth, from Plymouth, eventually coming to Plymouth Rock, came the Pilgrims. And we know about the connections that are there. We see the connections that ultimately lead to something that are called uh, that's called Thanksgiving. Though, though we actually would say that that's not probably, that didn't probably happen in uh, in late November, because this would be celebrating the harvest. The Canadians, my Canadian wife and children, would probably point to a more earlier October, like Canadian Thanksgiving, an earlier time of the year to celebrate that Thanksgiving. But in there, I mean, particularly the early celebrations of Thanksgiving were very much built around Christian themes. And this shouldn't surprise us, because we see over and over again in the pages of Scripture an exhortation and a call towards thankfulness. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And lots of other passages sort of point to that as well. And our guest is going to help us with that. Now, Amy's working and filling in today for uh, Courtney, who's our normal engineer. So, Amy, I just need to let you know, you to let me know when we're ready to go to our guest, and we'll be able to jump into the conversation uh, good. Okay, we're actually we're, we're here and we're ready, it sounds like, as well. So let me just introduce uh, our guest, and then we're going to talk some about this. So I really, today's guest is one of my favorite people. Uh, his name is Ron Hutchcraft. Some of you might know that name. I bet a whole bunch of you do. He's president, of course, of Ron Hutchcraft Ministries, and he's a contemporary evangelist, speaker, author, and radio host. Um, Ron and his team specialize in developing authentic, relevant, and creative tools to, as Ron likes to say, Bring the Lost to the Cross. Uh, Ron, with his late wife Karen, 
They co-founded On Eagles Wings, which is an outreach and leadership development program for Native Americans. I think that's the last time we were together, we talked a lot about that. But also Native American First Nations and Alaskan Native young people. Uh, Ron has hosted two international youth broadcasts and has authored uh, all kinds of books, including what we're going to talk about today, probably not surprisingly, is Thanksgiving. Again, I'm, I'm not like mispronouncing Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. And so we're going to talk and jump into the conversation uh, there. But, but um, And all this sort of is going to tie together with multiple points of conversation that we have. But, Ron, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you, Ed. You're in the U.K. What are you going to do for a turkey dinner, man? Well, not, not here, that's for sure. So we're actually going <laughs> to, uh, at the, my, my, my wife said that I've got to come back because our kids are coming back from school. So I'm going to fly back to the U.S. for Thanksgiving. And then I got to come back for uh, one more week of classes here at Oxford. And, but, but I will be enjoying Thanksgiving in America, but not yet because I'm, I'm preaching this Sunday uh, here at Kensington Temple in London and then teaching one more Monday at Oxford, and then, then then back for American Thanksgiving. So it'll be good to well, be you're, back. You're going to be you're going to you're going to be able to make the voyage faster than the Pilgrims did. Uh, that is the one truth. To the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was so funny because it was really weird to go there where I actually like um, the, they call it the Mayflower Steps, and they they show exactly where they you know went down the steps to go on the on across across the country or across the ocean and more. So it was kind of fascinating you know, just around Thanksgiving to actually, to actually see that. So it was kind of, I don't know. And I hadn't even thought, thought about it. I was there speaking at this conference for the Anglicans and then they took me to this. And I'm like, wow. And I'm almost at Thanksgiving. So, uh, but tell us, I mean, Ron, tell us a little bit about, about this, uh, this thanks living book and resource so we can get a, uh, feel for a little bit of what we're talking about today. Sure. Well, you know, um, I, I got to thinking about what Scripture says, uh, and in Colossians uh, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it talks about, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. And it talks about being rooted and built up in Him and strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And that all sounds really good. What does that look like? Overflowing with thankfulness. Hold on. Wait a minute. Am I? If ever, if, wait, wait, if you analyzed my conversations during the day, if you analyzed, uh, you know, online, social media, are you going to get Ron's the overflowing with thankfulness guy? And is that, is, is that, am I, am I more, am I more conscious of my gripes <laughs> and my problems uh, and my burdens than I am of my blessings and over with people who know me say, you know, I, I just, uh, I feel Lift it up uh, after uh, after I'm with him. You know, uh, my wife, who went to be with Jesus six years ago, um, I got so many tributes to her, and not just condolences, but, I mean, she really was a high-impact Christian. And the, the notes that I got all had this common theme, she made me feel, she made me feel. And I, we all make people feel something. I wonder how we all make people feel, how I do. And there's supposed to be this contagious, overflowing thing of, I am seeing the beautiful stuff, not just the ugly, uh, around me. And that, that's, a, that's a whole way of thinking. Our society doesn't really encourage that. I mean, we're, we live in a, a society of canceling and criticizing and anger and division and conflict and tribalism and all that jazz. 
and it really doesn't breed thankfulness. And listen, you know, Psalm 100 tells us when you come into God's, when you, you, you come in to see God, here's how you come in the gate. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I mean, that's where you start a conversation with God. He says, I really want you to start with thanks. And I'd rather, you know, I tend to start with please. I don't know about you, but it's a lot more please than thank you. So um, the idea of thanks living, I did write a little bit about it, and and uh, and uh, that that is a um, a wonderful way to approach life. It's not just a day of the year, of course. Uh, it is uh, it is an ongoing celebration of the beautiful stuff. Can I can I tell you a story real quick that illustrates it? Please, please. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, Kevin and I got away for uh, a little while when we were in the we lived out east in the New York area for a long time, and we were. Uh, we went up to uh, up in New York State for a weekend. It was hard to get away. And doggone it, wouldn't you know our nice weekend? It was rainy and gray and dreary. It was, like, depressing. So after our first night, I said, well, you know, we're paying. If we can get this for free at home, <laughs> same weather at home. And it was just that nothing was going to work out as far as our plans. So I'm kind of grumbly taking out the, the luggage to the car. And I see Karen over by this little wishing well in front of the motel with her camera. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sake. I said, honey, what are you doing? And she said, oh, this is beautiful. And I said, what is beautiful? I couldn't see anything beautiful. And except for her, of course. And uh, she was she had her, her big lens on. And there was this spider web that had droplets all over it. She ended up winning an art show first prize with that photograph called jeweled web. And it really, it, it was, it, it was the most magnificent picture of God's artistry in a spider web with all these droplets on it. And I thought, you know what she had on that day when all I could see was the gray and the, and the gloomy, she had the ability to see the beautiful thing that was there. That's what, and that's what happens when you, Start to have eyes to have God sightings all day long. That's thanks living. And it changes you. It changes your whole attitude. And um, because you're like, you know, there are always God sightings to be seen for those who are looking for them. There's always garbage sightings to be seen, too, if that's what you're looking for. But there's always God sightings. So what do you want to look for? Where, where do you want to aim your, 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 your mind and your heart in the morning? Garbage sightings, God sightings. And I thought this ability to see the beautiful thing in a person, in a situation, uh, is, is, an, is a tremendous way to live. It's how to come into God's presence. It's how to build other people up. It's how to maybe even start to build a bridge in a broken relationship. If you're the one who builds people up and sees things in them you're grateful for, uh, man, I, I'm just telling you, you, you are going to be a, a temperature changer. You're going to be a thermostat that sets a different temperature in a room. That's thanks for So good and so so true. I love it. And we're going to talk more about this and take your calls as well. Our guest today is Ron Hutchcraft. Uh, again, name many of us will know, uh, but he's at a resource. And actually, if you go to edstetzerlive.com, they'll click over right to where you can download the resource, a free ebook called Thanks Living and lots of other ebooks I should add as well from Ron Hutchcraft as well. Our phone number, if you'd like to call in, join us is 877 548 
877-548-3675. We're going to talk about ways we can be thankful. Again, 877-548-3675. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back here at Ed Stetzer Live. Again, this and every Saturday, we're having these kind of, well, hopeful conversations, hopeful and helpful conversations. Today, our guest is, as I mentioned, one of my, my favorite people, and many of you know his name, Ron Hutchcraft, and he's got just a plethora of ministry resources. Uh, I said we're talking some about his uh, resource, Thanks Living, which is so, you know, perfect for Thanksgiving. Giving. I know that's like so evident and obvious, but let me just mention too that when you go to, again, you can start at edstetzerlive.com, go right over to uh, to their ministry page, actually hutchcraft.com as well, but they've got all these resources that are there, and so he's got a whole plethora of ebooks, Unsinkable Hope, um, Designer Marriage, The New You, Guarding Your Heart, and one of them is Thanks Living, and Thanks Living is described against Thanks Living, I'm not actually mispronouncing Thanksgiving, it says there's a destiny about your life. There's something much bigger going on in the events you see as you head into the Thanksgiving season. Thanks Living by Ron Hutchcraft will help you discover how to have a thankful heart and how to look for the needs of others around you. Discover today how you can make a difference by Thanks Living. And again, free downloadable PDF that you can follow along with as well. And I thought one of the things would be fun is because we are headed right into Thanksgiving week um, that if you wanted to call in and maybe share some things you're thankful for, or maybe how you've developed a heart or a focus on thankfulness. I think it's so important. Again, our number is, and you can call in with some of those things or questions for Ron, is 877-548-3675. We're just inviting you to share ways you seek to walk in thankfulness or maybe things you're thankful for, 877-548-3675. Okay. So um, one of the things, too, you write about in Thanks Living, Ron, is you talk about how uh, this thankful heart, a thankful attitude, impacts your important relationships, including some that might be broken relationships. Because I, I, I think a lot of people are listening, and they're going to go to, maybe they're thinking about that Thanksgiving dinner, and they're a little nervous about it. Maybe there's been a conflict in the past. So talk to us about how thankfulness um, may impact those relationships, including some of the challenging broken ones. Well, you know, there's a there's a great challenge. In fact, uh, when our our family, uh, uh, um, my wife and our three kids, we all memorized Ephesians four twenty nine many years ago. See, you got to do it while you're young so you can remember it. So it's a good thing <laughs> I memorized it a long time ago. Um, and it says that we we uh, it says do not let any unwholesome talk, destructive talk. Uh, it does not say, it says, don't let any of that come out of your mouth. Wow. That should be, can we put that on Facebook? It's just a theme verse. <laughs> Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful 
for building others up according to their needs. So there's two kinds of ways we can talk. There's tear them down or build them up. Well, there's uh, we don't really need any more tear them down, so you, we, you will not be contributing anything. It's already on overflow. Um, we don't need that. But it, with the building them up thing, uh, you know, um, Ed, you've had this experience. Probably everybody listening has had it. You go to a funeral, and I've been to many, and you hear all these wonderful things they say about that person. And they say, you know, he really was, and she, uh, and, and I can't, I remember going to a teenager's funeral of a football player, and uh, he died suddenly uh, was by hit-run driver. And, and all the guys were there. I worked with that team, and those guys were uh, just up and, and crying, but saying great things about him. And I sat there, and it occurred to me, I thought, how many of those things did he? they say to him when he could hear them? Mm. And we, we have these things that we do appreciate about people, but we don't tell them. Why don't right. we give people their flowers while they can smell them? Uh, and, and, and so the, the, if, if this is part of the thanks, the thanks living, is to begin to, because if I ask you to write down some person that, you know, you kind of have a rocky relationship with, or it's, it's more distant than close, um, and I, in most people, if I said, would you write down your five greatest frustrations about them? You might need extra paper. It's like, oh, I got this one. If I said, now would you write down the five things you appreciate most about them? Uh, you're with your wife, you copy from her. <laughs> like, what do you got, dear? Um, so it, it, we, we really are in touch with the things we don't like and the things that bother us. But, and you know what? Everybody knows what's wrong with them because we have a lot of help. We have a lot of people who tell us what's wrong with us and what our negatives are. We have sometimes almost nobody who tells us what God did good when he made us. And you know that there is, in virtually everybody you know, there are some things that they have some strong points. There's something they've done that you could thank them for. And that is the beginning of building or rebuilding a relationship, is, is to express, as the Bible says, things that will build them up. Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another daily, daily. Now, so when I, when I encourage you, Ed, I'm putting courage in, right? I'm making, I, you say, you know, I can do another day because he smiled. He, he prayed with me. He prayed for me. He, he complimented me. And the kind of compliments that really mean something to people, or the kind of thank you, Yes, it's good to thank them for things they do that are good, like, oh, you really are a good pianist, or you're a really good organizer, or you're a really good speaker, or whatever. But what we really, really need is we need somebody who will tell us what's good about what we are, not just what we do. Thanks for your smile. Thanks for your generosity. Uh, thank you for your ability to organize things, and, and it helps me because I can't do that so well. Uh, thank you for uh, your uh, uh, the way you listen, the way you focus on somebody when they're talking, um, it, it, the way you show attention to children, the way you tr- treat a child. I just noticed that. That's really cool. And uh, my wife had a little sign up uh, that uh, in the house that said, "Water what you want to grow." 
<laughs> you know, mm. a lot of wives are frustrated with their husband, and he's like, because uh, he won't change. Let's say he does try to change a little bit in an area that's hard for him. He's It's not natural. It's not what he grew up with. Boy, listen, if he's 5% improved, now you could still, you could, you could, you could go after him for the 95% that's still a mess. How about praising him for the 5%? Or is it at least making an effort? There's some, there's some hope. And you know what? Water, what you want to grow. You've been to, you've been to SeaWorld, haven't you, Ed, probably? You've ever been there? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know how they have the, the, the dolphins do those tricks? And they will jump through hoops and all of that. And they'll, they'll, they'll jump up and kiss a tourist, yuck, uh, on a platform and everything. You know why they do those tricks? Well, as soon as they're done with the trick, they come around, and there's a guy with a bag of fish at the other end of the pool, right. and they get their fish. Give them a fish, they'll jump through the hoop again. Ladies, your husband's like that. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> He's, he's um, and uh, I said that I said that on purpose. Oh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, oh gosh, so, that is bad. That is I know. So bad. I'm sorry. I, no, no, I'm I'm really sorry. It just happens, and I can't <laughs> I can't help it. Um, but but the thing is that if we can reward people with thanks for the thing, and they need that, we need to we need to encourage growth in people, encourage their positives, encourage their efforts to change and that's and even in a broken relationship this thanksgiving season i'll tell you what would be uh, if you're ever going to do it this would be the time to do it it's sometimes a good thing in a strained or breaking or broken relationship to write a letter and that letter i'm going to give you a little outline for it and that letter is all positive it's not a letter of your frustrations with and you're not trying to fix anything First part of the letter is, I love you. And you can say whatever you want to do about that. Uh, and I love you because, or uh, if, if it was to your son or daughter, say, I loved you before you were born. I love you. I love, love, loved you every day since, uh, even if they haven't always been lovable. Second part of the letter, thank you for. And there you tell things that you appreciate uh, uh, that they have done or that they are as a person. And you might have to think a little bit about that because you already really know your frustrations. But stand back, get, the, get the, the macro lens, get the big picture, and say, you know, when I look at our whole life together, I do have some things to thank him for. Thank you for a third part of the letter is uh, I'm sorry for. And if there are any things that you wish you'd done more of or you wish you'd done less of, I'm sorry for. And then the last part of the letter is I wish we could. And it's just like, you know, uh, with whatever time you have left and I have left, and who knows how much that is, um, here's, here's how I'd like our relationship to be. And by the way, if you've always wanted to tell them about your relationship with Jesus, and you haven't known how to do that, and that's, that's, that's important, and I hope it is, maybe in that I wish we could, along with some other things, you'd say, and I wish we could sit down sometime, and let me just tell you my story. I know you you know some of it, but I want to. I'd love to have a chance to tell you my story of some incredible things that have happened in my life, and perhaps that would open a door for you to share your hope story and how 
his story, his being Jesus' story, changed your story forever and could change theirs. So mm. these are this is a, I call it the bridge letter. It's building a bridge. You know why I say a letter? Because when you get into a conversation with somebody, you know what happens. You want to go from point A to point B, and they start they got they say things, and you go from A to you know X. You miss you never get to B because it goes all over the place. But this way, you can think it through, pray it through, get everything said you want to say. Let me tell you, how many letters in your life do you get that say, I love you, thank you for, I'm sorry for, and I wish we could? It might be the only one like that they'll ever get. And the other thing is, they'll, they'll, put it, they'll save it. You don't throw a letter like that away. And who knows? It might be the bridge that you can cross to something better than what you've had. Hmm. Happy Thanksgiving. So it's good. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. I like it. Let's let's take a call from uh, from Elena. Elena, you're live on the air. Go ahead with your question or your comment. Oh, hello, Ed. Hello, Ryan. I thought that porpoise joke was funny. You <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Don't encourage what you don't only water what you want to grow. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Good Elena, we better go well, ahead with your comment though. We only we only get about forty five seconds. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, um, I, I, I every time I try to think something good about um, someone, you know, that I know that I'm acquainted with, the negative keeps coming back to me, and I pray about it, and I read my Bible, and I don't know how to push it out. The thing, you know, what are the things that aggravate me about them? Because many times the things that aggravate me about them affect my life personally, and I even mm-hmm. when I speak to them, I say positive, good things to them, and I feel like I'm in a Twilight Zone episode where you say something good, but you're thinking something bad. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah. And it just, that's what happens to me. I don't know how to overcome okay. that. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's have Ron address that in just a moment. I want to encourage you to hold on, and you'll hear the answer to that question and others. We're going to continue our conversation with Ron Hutchcraft in your calls in just a moment. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. We're talking to Ron Hutchcraft and having a really good conversation about, well, thankfulness. His, he's got a book called Thanks Living, which you can find. Go to edstetzerlive.com. Click right over. All the information is right there. And Ron, just before the bottom of the hour, we heard from Elena in Chicago. And she was talking a little bit about the struggle she's been in with some uh, relationships and more. What advice or what counsel would you give to her? Well, I can tell you what's helped me. Uh, Elena, if you're still listening, and, and boy, I'm sure you're not alone. So a lot of people went, yeah, me too. Um, here's a prayer that God loves to hear, and I'm learning to pray. And that is, Lord, would you, when I, when I look at George, would you help me see what you see when you see George? I know what I see. I'm not real thrilled about what I see. I don't like a lot of things I see. What do you see? And would you help me? I'm asking you specifically to give me your insight into George. Well, I can, and, and I can tell you what he will show you. Uh, George is a handmade, unique creation of Almighty God. He is, according to Ephesians 2.10, God's workmanship. He was in God's estimation, worth dying for on the cross. And he may be 
in many ways a mess, aren't we all? But he is somebody God loves dearly, wants in heaven with him forever, and made in the image of God. And if you can see that God-given worth in him, then what you do is you're speaking to him not based on your experiences with him, which may be largely negative, but you're speaking to him as a conduit for what God sees, and God wants him to know that he has value and worth. Now, that doesn't mean you give him a sermon, but it means that you treat him with that kind of value. Purchased by Christ on the cross, uniquely made by God, uh, and loved by God to this very day. And there are times when people are, are definitely unlovable, don't give you much reason humanly in your psyche to love them. But to say, Lord, I'm willing to deliver your love to them. I know you love them. You died for them. And so uh, I, 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 would, you, would you give me some love for them and help me to give them, give them what you feel about them? Let me treat them like you would treat them. Uh, and, uh, you know, if somebody came that we have a hard time with was hit by a car in front of us and we're out in the street bleeding, I don't really think we'd leave them there. I think we'd go up there and we'd, we'd do whatever we could to stop the bleeding and help them and call for help. You'd get it all over you. You'd probably get their blood all over you, but, but you, would, you would not just let them lie there. A lot of times when people are acting negatively and acting in ways that hurt us, they're bleeding emotionally, and they're bleeding out on us. But they're bleeding because they were wounded. And they were hurt. And yes, they're making us a mess, but we're like, I cannot just let them bleed. And they're tr- if you look for their need behind their deed, that there is a broken, wounded person who is now making other people feel that way. If you can minister to that broken, wounded, perhaps little boy or little girl in that person with some mercy some love and some grace and create around you a culture of grace. What is grace? It means I don't give you what you deserve. It's how God treated us. I give you what you need, not what you deserve. Uh, that, that is a, a life changing. You will be a life changer perhaps and helping in the healing of broken people. Always such good insight, Ron. I appreciate you so much and your thoughtfulness and you thinking through some of these things. Elaine, I hope that was helpful. Thanks for taking the time to call. Let's go to Cynthia in Sarasota, Florida. Cynthia, you're live on the air now. Go ahead. Hi, Cynthia. Hello. Hi. Um, I just wanted to share with the last caller that um, the Lord worked out something so mighty full. Um, I was, you know, I had vengeance against my father all my life, and then... um, I think I was in my 20s, and I wanted to go see him, but this voice kept saying, but remember what he did? And so as the Lord kept walking me through that, and uh, he wanted me to give me this testimony to leave all vengeance unto God, and the, and the Holy Spirit told me he would have been a different man if he was raised different. And it just, mm. 
cleared all that away and I it my father asked for forgiveness and we I learned to love him like three years before he died. Oh. So I'm, I'm just so thankful how the Lord walks you. Like when you leave it in his hands, the story is so beautiful. Mm. Well, mm. Cynthia, that, that is, is so great. What a what a great I mean that's a thank you for calling in and sharing with us that story and how the Lord worked in the midst of that. I mean that's 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 powerful, Ron. When you, I mean, I, not not every story ends in a beautiful reconciliation, but there are paths that sometimes lead there. And and again, we're talking today about Thanksgiving. It often is related to that, but also understanding lots of other things as well. How would you follow up with anything else related to Cynthia's call? Well, you know, uh, the it, because there was healing in that relationship. Uh, now that he is gone. Cynthia, you know that you avoided what makes grief even worse, and that is regrets. Grief is is hard enough to deal with, perhaps life's most wrenching emotion. But when somebody dies and there's something left broken, uh, it it just makes the torment that much worse. Thank God that there was healing there, and the willingness to forgive because we have been forgiven. It's interesting how it's put in Colossians uh, chapter 3, where it says that, um, I think verse 13, it says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. (laughs) Wait a minute. All my excuses for not forgiving just went out the window. Because I'll give you, forgive, you must be kidding, because he, because she, no, no. I want you to forgive like Jesus forgave you. So, what he's saying is don't treat people the way they treated you. You treat them mm-hmm. the way Jesus treated you. Mm-hmm. And you can ask him for that. He's the great forgiver who said, Father, forgive them of those who nailed them to a cross, so they know not what they do. And again, this ability to see them through Jesus' eyes, and that's what, Cynthia, that's what you just said, that you, you suddenly could, were able to see that he was a product of his wounds, and that's perhaps why he became one who wounded. And you could either wound him back and give him more wounds and make him bleed more, or you could give him uh, what you got from Jesus, and that unconditional love and that grace. This is a great season for that. It, it won't seem so weird to do it during Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you may be seeing some of those people. You might not see them the rest of the year. Let's make this a healing Thanksgiving, a healing Christmas season. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about some of the lessons for now from the cast of that first Thanksgiving. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, that, yeah, if we think about some of that history. Um, uh, first of all, uh, it, just the word that we use, pilgrims, um, it's, uh, it, it's used in Scripture depending on the translation. But in First Peter chapter 2, it says that we are... Uh, pilgrims here uh, on earth and the the it's why why would the pilgrims go through so much suffering be able to have thanksgiving here's what one writer wrote about them the pilgrims made seven times more graves than houses no americans Mm. have been more impoverished than those who nevertheless set aside a day of thanksgiving so the question is, what's my excuse for not being thankful? And one of the reasons they were able to do that is because 
they realized that we're just passing through here. This is Hotel Earth. <laughs> this is not home. This is our hotel. And First Peter 2 tells us that, that we are pilgrims here. So it, we can, we can um, instead of something destroying us, it might destroy other people, we see our lives against the backdrop of eternity, that this journey that we have here on Earth the stuff we have here, listen, when I go to a hotel, I don't bring my couch and my bed and, and my my TV and all of that. I'm not going to bring all that with me. That's at home. The things that really matter to me, I, I don't bring to the hotel. I, I leave them at home. Well, if you know Christ and you have begun a relationship with him, you know this isn't home. Heaven is home. So the things that really matter are the things that are going to matter there. If it doesn't, I sometimes ask the question, Ron, you're all, uh, you know, hyped up about this thing. Will it matter in heaven? Is this going to matter in heaven? Well, then why does it matter so much to you here? Pilgrims, pilgrims, understand that we are that very word. And, and I believe the pilgrims held the earth stuff and even, even the people in their lives loosely enough, though they valued them and loved them that they knew that they would see them again because of Jesus, and they were able to see today against a backdrop of not just 70 years, but 7 million years. And it makes all the difference in the world to say, this is Hotel Earth. I'm going to treat it like it's my hotel, not like it's home, but I'm going to live in the hotel so that I can help other people get home with me. Good advice. Good advice, as always, from Ron Hutchcraft. We're going to continue our conversation with your calls as well. we got one more segment left, 877-548-3675. Let me remind you, we're talking about Ron's book, Thanks Living, which you can find if you go to edstetzerlive.com. Clicks one of the links for there at the bottom, clicks right over, and it's a free download over at the Hutchcraft Ministries site as well. 877-548-3675. One more segment. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. I am realizing we've got several of you with great calls ready to go on the air, but I want to ask you to somewhat quickly move through them, give Ron a little bit of a chance to respond, but I don't want to miss out on some of these great calls here. So let's start with Tamika in Chicago, listening on WMBI. You're live on the air, Tamika. Hi. Um, I'll just start my, uh, my, I just have a comment um, about Please. being thankful and loving people through your family members through difficult times. I've been resting in um, 1 Corinthians 13, um, 4 through 8, <clears throat> about the love of Christ. If a man doesn't have love, he doesn't have really everything, anything. He can have um, everything. He can have riches. But if he doesn't have love, he doesn't have anything. And that has really just allowed me to see the love of Christ and to love a person beyond um their actions to love them, even if they don't like me. Um, it's it's difficult, mm. but it's not impossible. And I just want to encourage someone else um, to be thankful, even if a person doesn't like you, because it puts you in a position to cling on to Christ more um, <clears throat> in a difficult time or a difficult season. So thank you, as I just wanted to say that, because I've been walking through that. So 
That is some great wisdom, oh, Tamika. Thank you so much for your call. Go ahead, Ron. Add a little more. Well, you know what? First Corinthians 13, uh, that same passage says, one of the things is really hard is when it describes love, God's love, and how it's ours is supposed to be. It says, keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it means that's an overlooking love. I'll just say this. If you do allow Christ's love to come through you to love another person unconditionally, however they've treated you, they may or may not, as you indicated, Ed, that may not be a happy ending and angel choir singing and lights flashing and all of that. But something will happen in you because you obeyed Christ. You did. You, you were an agent of his love in someone's life. You will be blessed for that. And whether or not it does anything in the other person's life, it is it has tenderized your heart, made you more Christ-like, and put you in the blessing zone. Yeah, so good, so good. I do wonder, too, you know, Ron, you are, uh, I mean, I think you actually define yourself as an evangelist. There's so much, you're that, but you're so much more than that. We haven't even touched on some of the things that you do. But, you know, for Thanksgiving, um, the American Thanksgiving coming before us, how might we use Thanksgiving the opportunity to tell someone that you love, you care about someone in your family, about Christ? Well, you know, I think, uh, again, this is where uh, the... the um, the gospel wrapped in uh, love and grace and gratitude uh, becomes more attractive. And if you can, um, during this season, whether you write it or, you know, I did tell you kind of an outline for a letter that could build a bridge for where you say, I wish we could, could build a bridge for you to say, them to give you permission to tell their, your story to them. That's your most powerful way to share Jesus is out of your own what I call hope story. Peter said that we should talk to people, we should be ready to tell them about the hope that we have. Well, hope means the difference that Jesus is making, where he made a difference where nothing and no one else could. You want to break through to, a say, a family member, think of things you can thank them for. Whether, uh, let's say you had parents, and, and they may not share your relationship with Christ, as far as you know, but they did at least uh, believe in God and, 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 and help you know to believe in God. They may have taken you to a church, and at least you heard something about Jesus there. If you can thank them at all, even for uh, any part of your heritage and, and upbringing, uh, that, that really starts to break through and to say, and you know, um, because because of that, I love you greatly. I've never forgotten the way you did this for me, and you did that for me, and uh, and and I just uh, I don't know if you have any idea. You got me going in, in a good direction in my life. I don't know if you have any idea where that road took me. You got me started, and as I went farther down that road, uh, and uh, you know began to wonder these questions: Why am I here? And and uh, uh, what happens after I die? And uh, where can I find some something that gives me some peace when there's no reason for peace? And I'll tell you where I found that. But you see, you started not with uh, not with trying to give them Jesus. You started by building them up and thanking them for some things. And on that platform of thanks, thanks and gratitude, I think you may have an opportunity to go farther 
But again, if you can write something to them, then they don't have to be thinking of their answer. When you do it conversationally, there and now my guard goes up and and I got to think of what I'm going to say next, so I'm not even hearing everything you're saying. Um, when you write the letter, it's going to it has better chance of getting considered and heard and received less defensively. But whether it's verbal or whether it's written, um, extend grace and gratitude, and on that and on that basis, begin to tell them then how uh, that led you to Jesus. Yeah, and I love I love the writing a letter. Yeah, the writing a letter yeah. part so so key and so and so I think so helpful as as well. Um, you know, one of the things, and we, we've got about a minute left, and so I know your passion covers multiple areas, and but so much of it comes back to that idea of the gospel. If someone's listening today and doesn't know Christ in the, about the minute or so we have left, what would you say, how, how would you might exhort them in this time and in this season to seek to learn more? You know, the Bible has this tremendous statement. It says, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for what? For his gift beyond words, unspeakable, inexpressible gift. What's that? His son. The fact is that we have, we are, we have basically, we're created by him, and for him. That's the words of the Bible, not mine. And so even though we're created by him and for him, I've lived pretty much for me. We all have. We've pushed God to the edge and said, God, you run the universe and I'll run me. Thank you. And consequently, there's a wall between us and God. It's separated. We can feel the wall. We can. And the only way that could be removed, because we have hijacked our life from our creator, is the death penalty for that rebellion had to be paid And there's only one way to pay a death penalty. No religion can pay it. It took somebody dying, and somebody did. But it wasn't you, and nor do you ever have to pay for your sin. If you will trust the one who gave his life in exchange for yours, that thing that happened on the cross when Jesus died there, that wasn't just a history. That wasn't just a religious event. That's a personal event. And the day I went there in my heart and said, for me, this is for me. This is for what I've done against God. Realizing that that same Jesus walked out of his grave under his own power three days after he died so he could walk into our lives today. Boy, I wanted him in my life. And I pinned all my hopes on him like a drowning person would would grab a rescuer and said, Jesus, you're my only hope. This could be that day for you. And the love you've looked for and and the answers you've looked for for a lifetime all in Jesus, and he is Mm. knocking at the door of your heart, waiting for you, because the handle's on the inside, to open that door and let him, the Savior, be your Savior starting today. Amen. Good word from Ron Hutchcraft. Thanks for our team, as always, here at Moody Radio. Let me remind you that Ed Setzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.